Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Secure Talk. Secure Talk is brought to you by Adequest, your cybersecurity and compliance partner. My name is Mark Schreiner, and I'll be your host for this episode of Secure Talk. Today, we're going to be talking with Mr. Steve Ginty, who is the Director of Threat Intelligence at Risk IQ. And we're going to be talking a little bit about his job. We're going to talk about uh, what Risk IQ does, and um, and get on to some of the you know current current news uh, and you know most recent hacks, and talk about what Risk IQ could, could do in those situations. But first off, let me welcome Steve. Steve, how are you? Doing great. Thank you for having me. I uh, really appreciate the time. Great. Uh, um, where are you, by the way? Uh, I live uh, in Memphis, Tennessee. So uh, I've uh, been here for. Uh, almost eight years now in December, uh, and moved from from the D.C. area before that, uh, and originally from outside of Boston. So I'm, uh, uh, I've been roaming all over the country these days. <laughs> you got to get you got to get to the uh, the left left hand side of the country once in a while. That's <laughs> exactly right. Pre-COVID, uh, I was making a lot of a lot of trips uh, trips out that way, and so hopefully uh, that uh, that comes back uh, into the rotation in 2022. I, I hear a lot of nice things about Memphis. Uh, are things opening up? I mean, are you? Is it? Can you go out and? It's get, yeah, it's getting uh, getting a lot better. We've always had uh, you know the last two years with this. Our our spikes have been in July when people go indoors uh, because of the heat. Of the heat. Um, and so um, you know now we're seeing into the fall uh, a lot more outdoor activity. Winter doesn't really take place until January around here. So uh, so it's it's getting a little more open and, and things are are getting better. Well, I, I'm in Seattle, and we pretty much have the opposite problem because uh, in the summertime, everybody yep. wants to be outside, and we're all spread out. And in the wintertime, it gets cold, dark, and rainy. Uh, in fact, we had something recently called a, a bomb cyclone a rainstorm. And so you're pretty much stuck inside with everybody else. And uh, and it's the cold season, which makes it, you know, everybody says, is it a cold? Or is it the COVID? Is it cold? You know, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. <laughs> so, all the new worries, right? Exactly. Well, hey, let me ask you, um, Director of Threat Intelligence, uh, what does that mean? Uh, sure. Good. Uh, great question. Um, uh, so for Risk IQ, uh, I've started to take on a more a newer role uh, as the Director of Threat Intelligence. And, and my main focus is understanding um, how we can implement our intelligence to better uh, help and assist our customers. So uh, I've been working in a, a larger, uh, I would say, strategy role to, to figure out ways to, to better utilize the data we're collecting uh, and the great work of, of our, our research and intelligence teams uh, to really help organizations solve uh, you know, threat and, and vulnerability problems inside of their enterprise. Okay, so does does that landscape evolve? I mean, I you know, the, traditionally there are certain signals that you look at to to um, kind of monitor your threat landscape. But is it is it evolving? Are you constantly figuring out maybe new techniques, different? Um, obviously, di an attack service that is probably expanding exponentially. But tell me a little bit about the evolution of that. Yeah, you know, I think it, it has uh, it's certainly evolved as the as the company has been in this space uh, since 2009 uh, and, and kind of leading uh, in the attack service management space uh, and also the threat intelligence space. So, uh, you know, the problems uh, of this year are, are a lot different than obviously 18 months ago uh, and even, you know, three years ago. Uh, and so, you know, I think that's uh, the biggest thing that we're seeing is that, you know, change is constant for organizations and it seems like that it's accelerating. Um, you know, if you look at uh, enterprise organizations pre-COVID, everybody was was talking about you know digital transformation and hybrid cloud environments and making that kind of move. Um, and COVID nineteen was a forcing function for a lot of organizations 
uh, and accelerating those plans significantly uh, and also making people realize that they needed to to move to to effectively uh, operate uh, in this new you know hybrid remote uh, environment and, and so uh, you know I, I think we're constantly looking at ways we can improve our uh, our collection our telemetry our detection capabilities uh, to help organizations understand uh, you know what their attack service looks like uh, and so uh, you know as uh, as uh, recently as you know four or five years ago that was a lot of on-premise uh, infrastructure. It was a lot more web focused, uh, let's say. Uh, and now we've we've really started to see uh, a switch into understanding you know, where are your remote services, where where are your you know remote login capabilities, where's your legacy IT that's constantly getting uh, you know pounded by vulnerability researchers and threat actors uh, exploiting new vulnerabilities. Uh, and how do we help organizations understand where those assets exist in their environment, uh, respond uh, in a in a you know. Uh, a, a more rapid fashion, uh, and, and also make better risk decisions because they have the data available to them to uh, to make those decisions on. Well, I, I want to drill down into that in a second, but just a couple more high level questions. Um, first off, I mean, where how do you keep abreast of the latest threat intelligence techniques and and, and trends and threats? I mean, you know, yep. where do you go? Uh, it's you know it's 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 hard right uh, there's there's something new to learn uh, on a daily basis uh, for for me for risk IQs analysts for really anybody in the industry um, so we don't pretend to to keep up with uh, you know with with everything uh, all the time uh, but uh, we have a lot of resources um, you know uh, uh, different databases for vulnerabilities obviously NVD and their RSS feeds are are key in understanding uh, you know new vulnerabilities that are coming out. Um, uh, you know, from a from a threat perspective, we uh, we have a big operation to to scrape and ingest open source intelligence uh, from from a broad variety of sources to to ensure that we have visibility uh, into new uh, new attacks that are happening. Um, and then our analysts are, are all plugged into the community uh, in different ways and trying to understand uh, what the latest and greatest uh, you know threat or vulnerability is, uh, what's top of mind for our customers, um, and you know from a situational awareness perspective. Uh, for me, uh, in managing, uh, you know, all of this uh, this data and trying to understand the landscape, um, I use Twitter, uh, and, and that's. Uh, <laughs> I hear that. Uh, I know. hear that a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you're not alone. But go ahead. Uh, you know, it's 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 a it's a good additional kind of lens on on what people are what people are talking about, and obviously it's a uh, it's a skewed lens to to a, a specific audience, but it is uh, it's a very interesting lens because you see the kind of leading indicators of of what is catching on or what that wave may be that organizations may be coming to ask you about in, in, the, in the coming coming days or weeks uh, as as different topics start to trend and as more organizations are, are online you have you know a lot of these government organizations now uh, online tweeting having a public presence uh, and therefore you start to you know you're able to ingest a lot of information uh, and, and kind of keep that situational awareness yeah I mean it's interesting because you talk about helping your customers be aware of their vulnerable assets, um, data, you know, and at the same time, it's all about awareness for you. I mean, you you, you, re, you have a Twitter feed and, you, and you'll say, oh my gosh, this isn't on our radar. It, maybe this is something we should, we should take a look at. So awareness is super, super important. Um, last high level question before we start talking about some of the specific uh, solutions that you provide. But in, you, uh, from what I understand, you, you were recently acquired by Microsoft. That is correct. So we are now a fully owned subsidiary uh, as of August, uh, and so we are uh, we are Microsoft employees and uh, going on that journey uh, as uh, as a group, and it's uh, it's exciting to see. 
So how how will that affect uh, in terms of you know usually Microsoft makes a uh, security related acquisition and then they will fold that into the Microsoft security suite. Is that the plan? And and will um, <clears throat> will Risk IQ not be going to market directly, or is that, is that to be determined, or how does how will that work? Uh, it's a bit to be determined, to be honest okay. with you. Um, but as of right now, we will be, uh, you know, we will be selling our services uh, in, in a go-forward motion uh, for the the next 12 months. Uh, and so, uh, it, it's not a, um, you know, the the strategy isn't to to just collapse the capabilities into functionality uh, in the near term uh, in the Microsoft ecosystem. But we are in our planning stages now, uh, and so we're deciding, you, you know, where where this information uh, and where our capabilities and products. Uh, can best provide value to the entire Microsoft ecosystem. So, uh, a bit of a TBD, uh, but you know we're we're in that process uh, to understand it now. I, maybe a good place to kick off the the you know the discussion about the specific tools that you provide is from a Microsoft point of view. What were what are is Risk IQ providing that they didn't currently have? Because um, Microsoft has a pretty comprehensive security suite these days. So, what where where were you hoping? Yeah, I think uh, you know, as a part of the the acquisition, one of the areas that uh, that really highlighted RiskIQ's capability was the Microsoft Exchange uh, vulnerabilities that were announced uh, in in March uh, of this year. Uh, and so, uh, you know, way back when it seems uh, uh, this uh, this was announced, Microsoft uh, announced uh, I think it was the first week of, of March uh, an out of band uh, cycle uh, set of patches uh, for four zero day vulnerabilities inside of on prem uh, on premise Exchange servers. Uh, and you know, uh, as Risk IQ, we we do what we we normally do, and we're there to tell our customers, you know, exactly where those assets are inside of your attack service, uh, what versions of uh, of Exchange you're running, uh, and where you need to go and and you know apply those patches, uh, and providing that situational awareness. Um, you know, when it when that came, when that announcement came out on a on a Tuesday, I thought, well, this is pretty straightforward. Here we go. Uh, everybody, you know, we're, go patch your Exchange servers. Uh, and what was uh, you know, what was readily apparent uh, as Microsoft started re releasing additional information uh, was that there were there was a decent corpus uh, of infrastructure that was impacted by this. Uh, so if we look at the timeline of it, I think it was you know by by Friday of that week as we were we were scanning and looking at the, the global presence of of Exchange uh, out of the 400,000 Exchange servers, uh, you know we actively fingerprint on the internet in a given day. Uh, roughly 100,000 of them were were impacted still seven days post that that announcement uh, by uh, this vulnerability, uh, and we started working hand in hand with uh, uh, with colleagues on the Microsoft side uh, to feed that data over to them to provide that global visibility uh, of what the you know the state of affairs was around these Exchange servers, uh, and actively worked with them to improve our scanning technology so we could provide better information, uh, but also proactively do outreach to uh, organizations that were impacted. Um, and this wasn't a motion we normally do, um, you know, but understanding the severity uh, and seeing, you know, Microsoft put in the time to release a significant amount of patches. I think it was over 21 uh, discrete patches for versions that had long since been uh, out of uh, out of support. Uh, you know, we started working with uh, with our data and telemetry to proactively uh, email uh, on a broad scale ISPs and ASNs where we observed these IP addresses running these vulnerable exchange servers. Uh, and really work together to drive, you know, to drive to that, uh, you know, that more effective patch cycle. Uh, and so I think in that, you know, next kind of three to five days, we saw a, a very, you know, rapid decline uh, from about 90,000 uh, IP addresses impacted uh, to about 30,000. Uh, and so we were working together hand in hand to really uh, attempt to provide global uh, situational awareness on the incident uh, and also help, uh, you know, help drive to remediation. 
Uh, and so I think that, you know, that kind of external and global view of, uh, of vulnerabilities and of not only our customers attack service, but what's taking place on the internet uh, was really, you know, the, the, the driving value proposition. That's very powerful. So um, let's dig in a little bit uh, in terms of Risk IQ's core offering. Mm -hmm. Why don't, if you don't mind, explain to me, you know, when you're having a discussion with a, a CISO or a CTO or head of security, what kind of questions are you asking, and and what I guess problems are you trying to solve? Sure. Uh, so you know, if you if you look at Risk IQ, we're we're for, from from our standpoint, uh, not now as a part of Microsoft, but at the time, you know, we consider ourselves a big data uh, company. Uh, we do a lot of scanning uh, and and internet uh, collection uh, to to bring this telemetry into our data set to then build products on top of it. Uh, and so the two core kind of value propositions we bring to organizations uh, are, are helping you understand the threat actors that may be targeting uh, your environment. Uh, and understanding your attack surface uh, as it pertains to internet connected assets. Uh, so that outside in view uh, and, and where your vulnerabilities, uh, misconfigurations and issues are that those you know, attackers could leverage uh, to gain access into your environment. Um, you know, so they're, they're two discrete uh, use cases, uh, you know, uh, and I like to say they're two opposite sides of the coin, right? Uh, you have to know where, uh, you know, what your, uh, your footprint is to proactively defend it. Uh, and you have to know who is is actively targeting you on a regular basis in order to prioritize how you defend that footprint. Uh, and so when we go and talk to uh, to you know CISOs uh, and security managers, uh, our conversations are in, in both of those veins. Do you know where uh, you know what you look like to an attacker from the outside? Uh, do you know where the low hanging fruit is uh, of, of vulnerabilities or misconfigurations uh, that you should be be actively managing uh, on a daily basis to ensure? Uh, that you're, you know, you're not a target, uh, and do you know the threat actors, uh, and do you have the right data available to enrich incidents uh, and alerts inside of your uh, your security products uh, to inform you and provide context about maybe who is uh, who is targeting you? And and I bet you, oftentimes they say, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to get a def definitive yes or no on that, uh, right? And so how how do you elaborate on that conversation? I mean, what's the next step? Uh, correct. Uh, you know, and so uh, they're they're both problems that are, that organizations have grappled with for for a long time, right? Uh, you know, we've we've stood up security operations groups uh, and you know incident response and threat intel teams uh, to try to solve this who is targeting me problem. We have vulnerability and patch management programs uh, that are really you know that are trying to consistently ensure that that things are up to date uh, and that you know your IT infrastructure is in good working order. Um, but this goes back to our earlier conversation around visibility, right? Um, you know, there's a lot to manage. Uh, an attack service is very dynamic nowadays uh, for organizations, uh, and, and so uh, that can you, give, can, you, can you give some examples? Uh, sure. Specific, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, just just looking at the way the way things have changed uh, for enterprise organizations uh, as we think about uh, the move from on-prem and kind of uh, owning, you know, the the IT infrastructure to uh, you know, to SaaS platforms and cloud providers. Uh, you still own the infrastructure. It's still part of your critical business operations. Uh, but, you know, that those IP addresses that uh, the information, you know, where those uh, things reside may not be as static as they used to be. And therefore, uh, you, you, organizations have a hard time keeping up with, uh, you know, with where their cloud assets are or what their cloud, you know, what, what's their visibility into the cloud assets they have. Uh, you know, the flip side of that is uh, we're seeing 
you know, the, the buzzwords of, uh, of IoT and, and, and OT, but, you know, a lot of these industrial control systems uh, and Internet of Things devices, organizations have a lot more things that are connected to the internet that they have to manage. Uh, and those things come with, you know, vulnerabilities or maybe with, uh, with weaker security than, uh, than expected uh, that can be, be leveraged into, um, you know, avenues into an organization. I think there was a, a access control system uh, last year that was, you know, to key card access into buildings, uh, all connect Wi-Fi uh, enabled so you can manage it appropriately. Also being rounded up into uh, a large-scale botnet for DDoS attacks because uh, there were vulnerabilities inside of that, uh, that system, uh, and so it's this very dynamic environment of, of things being connected to the internet uh, that we're really trying to help organizations manage. Um, yeah, th things being connected, and then also companies being more interconnected with other companies, with their vendors, their supply chains. Which I, I, I know that you've spoken about the Solar Winds. Uh, hack uh, or the issue with them, which also kind of goes to your point where it's just the landscape of in, term, in terms of where we're operating with all the different devices, different apps, uh, and and all our vendors. It just makes things so much more complicated. In the case of, sorry, in the case of SolarWinds, um, how would uh, RiskIQ be able to help? Uh, it's a it's a great question. Uh, so, you know, we're, we were, we helped our customers in, in a reactive way in, in this scenario and uh, you know, we had a lot of people come to us as this news broke and said, um, are we running this system? Uh, is it is it in our environment? Do I have to worry about this? Uh, and at the time, our, our research team very quickly spun up detection signatures for SolarWinds and the versions of SolarWinds that were running on the Internet. Uh, and quickly within, uh, you know, a 48 hour period, we were able to scan the Internet and understand uh, the, you know, the global implications of where these systems were, but also the local implications to our customers. Uh, and so, uh, you know, in, in this scenario, while reactive, uh, it was, uh, you know, we were able to provide our customers with situational awareness uh, very quickly around, are they impacted by this, uh, you know, by this third party breach? Uh, and if so, you know, how, you know, how serious could it be? Uh, this was very similar with the Kaseya attack. Uh, where is Kaseya's infrastructure? Uh, you know, where uh, do I have to worry about this, you know, managed security service provider? Uh, is it impacting me? And, and those are a lot of the questions we help our customers answer. Uh, on a daily basis. Um, but we can also go one step further and we can start to understand the dependencies in your infrastructure. And so we can map these types of things out, uh, you know, uh, more in advance and, and give you insight into maybe who uh, your top, uh, you know, dependencies are for, for web page uh, pages for infrastructure uh, and give you that purview in advance so you can manage it uh, more proactively. Excellent. I, I'm just curious, if you look at, um, different like uh, sectors, for example, financial services or the government, do you see different threat landscapes depending on which industry they're in? Uh, yes, you know, I mean, I, I think it's uh, it's uh, it's blurring a little bit more than uh, than in years past, uh, but uh, certainly, uh, you know, in, in the financial sector, um, you know, you have a lot more uh, worry about credit card skimming and, and you know kind of a fraud to to their kind of user base um uh, there's there's always kind of that nation state and ransomware kind of factor for for them um you know but you, there's really tailored towards you know defending against uh, fraud and abuse uh and you look at government obviously you know is, is always going to be very much tailored towards nation state type activity and cyber espionage um, but all of that that's blurring a little bit uh, and and the lines are getting are getting a little blurry um, you know, so if we look at, at timelines uh, around attacks uh, and vulnerabilities and the threat actors that are leveraging them, uh, you know, some of these very 
you know, uh, critical vulnerabilities that would be announced inside of, uh, you know, Palo Alto Global Protect or, uh, you know, Confluence or any of these kind of remote code execution vulnerabilities uh, that, that were, were very commonly used by, uh, you know, high, let's go with higher end nation state actors. Uh, you're seeing those uh, quickly get adopted, uh, you know, across a broad swath of, of cyber actors. Uh, and we can see with, uh, I think it was the end of August, early September, where Confluence had a remote code execution vulnerability uh, inside of, uh, or sorry, Atlastian had the vulnerability inside of their Confluence server. Uh, that time to, you know, that time to active exploitation uh, was very quick. I, I think it was a seven-day window between uh, the patch being announced uh, and ransomware actors and crypto miners, uh, you know, in these kind of cyber criminals actively using uh, that uh, that vulnerability to uh, as a part of their attack campaigns. Um, and that compressed timeline is is definitely new uh, in our visibility, uh, you know. Uh, and I think you're seeing that kind of cadence continue, um, you know, with, with most vulnerabilities as they're they're announced. Threat actors are very quickly adopting these vulnerabilities, uh, and so you don't have as much time to to respond as maybe you would. You can't kind of accept the risk and and, and hope that uh, you know that maybe your patch management cycle will will keep up with it at times uh, for a lot of these more more severe vulnerabilities. And what are you seeing then in terms of uh, different countries being attacked? I mean, so for example, do do these hackers? Are they do they do they recognize soft targets and will go after perhaps less sophisticated geographies, or is it just across the board wherever they can find a target? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think you're uh, you know from a ransomware perspective, it used to be kind of targets of opportunity, right? And, and while it, it still is at times, uh, they're more um, I don't want to say thoughtful, but they're, they're more meticulous in, in how they approach their target now, right? Uh, as opposed to you know five years ago of you know uh, launch as many you know phishing emails into the wild and hope you get someone who clicks and you know you get a couple hundred dollars uh, and you get order of large numbers they're using uh, these vulnerabilities uh, in, uh, in in key networking devices or, or weaknesses in you know remote desktop protocol and things like that uh, inside of organizations to gain a foothold uh, understand the landscape inside of those organizations. And then ransom, you know, uh, the crown jewels, or you know, much, uh, you know, much more interesting data uh, to lead to a much higher payout. Uh, and so, you know, you're seeing that kind of evolution of, uh, you know, of a broad uh, approach uh, of law of large numbers to uh, what the industry is calling kind of big game hunting, uh, where they're they're going after targets that they know uh, can pay and can pay at a at a higher dollar amount. Uh, and that that's certainly, a, you know, a, a big evolution. Um, to the soft target question, I think we're seeing that with with third party and, and, and supply chain, right? We've always seen nation state actors, you know, uh, target kind of uh, you know uh, organizations where they can get a foothold and then get to their primary objective. Um, you know, in my past career, uh, I did security for a defense contractor, and so defense contractors were a great gateway into in, into the government. Uh, you know, I think with Solar Winds, you're now seeing you know that come down another another level. Uh, who are the third-party providers? Who are the IT managers? Who are the SaaS platforms uh, that they can target uh, that may be uh, easier to gain a foothold or may be uh, more fruitful when you do gain a foothold? Uh, how can I target one organization and, and get broad access to, to many? Uh, we saw that in SolarWinds. We saw that in Kaseya. Uh, Microsoft is seeing that with the Nobelium actors targeting 
uh, you know, the the, uh, the cloud service providers the, that uh, that uh, around email. Uh, and so I, I think you're starting to see that evolution, certainly. Um, earlier, you'd mentioned uh, open source intelligence. Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, sure. Um, you know, I mean, I think nowadays you're you're seeing a lot of organizations, uh, you know, blogging publicly, putting out reporting, um, you know, publicly discussing attack campaigns and actor campaigns that they're observing. Uh, and so, you know, not only is there there interesting intelligence to be gained from uh, our the data that Risk IQ collects, there's interesting intelligence to be gained from uh, you know our peer companies, uh, other organizations, uh, government uh, and non-government. That are producing uh, information about attacks uh, that we can ingest uh, and, and leverage. Uh, one, we can ingest it at scale and help our customers with situational awareness so that they don't have to manage that process, uh, which is not an easy process to keep up with. Uh, but two, everybody in this ecosystem has kind of uh, unique visibility into attacks or campaigns. And therefore, there's, there's oftentimes a scenario where we can add additional context to the market or our customers around these attacks that other organizations have researched and, and published on uh, that provide additional insight based on the telemetry we collect uh, and the information that we, we have available to us. And so, you know, it's a, it's, it's a two-pronged, uh, you know, effort. There's a lot of good information out there and we want to make sure we, uh, you know, we capture that and, and include it in both our detection and collection, but also we want to, we want to use the great research that other people have put in to help us more effectively mine our data uh, so that we can better defend our customers and the and the broader ecosystem. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, if um, if you're out there trying to go it all alone, it's going to be a little bit difficult. But you got to share that signal, share you know share that intel. Um, let me ask you a couple of advice type questions. Let's say you're uh, you're a CISO and you're going into a, a Fortune 500 uh, enterprise job, and it's your first day, week, month on the job. What are your top three concerns? Uh, that's that's a good question. I don't know if I am uh, I am uniquely suited to to answer it fully, uh, but you know, based on uh, having never one held the role, uh, so first I would be probably sweating a bit. <laughs> but you've you've uh, talked I, to, yeah, well, yeah, uh, I would be. <laughs> <laughs> as I've entered that role, I would uh, I would be you know uh, that's a lot to uh, you know to tackle, right? It's a very heavy job to to hold in, in the industry today. Um, you know, for for me, obviously, uh, in in the role that that we have here at Risk IQ and in the visibility we have, uh, you know, my, my top worry is is really, uh, you know, having the appropriate situational awareness to know, uh, to know what I should be worried about, uh, because there's there's so much, uh, you know, there, there's so many different threats and vulnerabilities and and things that organizations have to have to ingest that that are being publicly talked about. How do you effectively prioritize that in? Uh, in any organization, uh, you know, we we hope we are trying, you know, we're helping organizations do that as Risk IQ. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think for me, you, you know, going into a new organization day one, it's uh, what's the lay of the land, what's the landscape, and and what's the history? Give me the backstory. Who has targeted you? Who, uh, you know, what have been you know the biggest issues and breaches that that you've dealt with? A really, uh, you know, um, you know, past is prologue. Uh, someone who has who has targeted you previously will will most likely target you again. Uh, and therefore, you know, you can use that information to inform future risk decisions. Excellent. And um, another advice question. Uh, this might be a little easier uh, for somebody who's looking. You know, maybe they're 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 in college right now, uh, and, but they're very much interested in in a, a career in cybersecurity. And and of course, cybersecurity is a very broad area. So, but yeah. you can focus on you know the areas that you you're most familiar with. What advice would you give? 
that is a good question. I think it's uh, it's pertinent. I think um, you know the the advice one I would give is there's there's no right way into into the industry, uh, right? Uh, I mean, I uh, I'm a prime example. I have a finance uh, degree, undergraduate degree. I have a master's in public policy. Uh, I, you know, I, I think I, at one point I swore to never get into uh, IT, uh, and and here I am, and it's 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 very interesting, and, and you know I, I love what I what I get to do. Uh, so there's no kind of one one right track uh, getting into the industry. Uh, for me, it was uh, I, you know, I like investigating and digging into things and getting answers, and so uh, you know that's kind of why I went into finance is digging into numbers and, and formulating answers based off those numbers. Uh, I was able to apply that kind of to uh, to an IT security role uh, and and to an investigative role, and that's kind of how I moved into uh, the threat intel and, uh, and and kind of incident response vein in my career. Um, and so, one, you know, there's no there's no right way to enter the industry. Uh, two, uh, there are so many good resources uh, online and people to to follow either on Twitter or or our blogs or, or research that they're putting out. Uh, that that if you're you're interested in a specific area of of the industry. Uh, really dig into it uh, and 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 you know uh, start to follow those people that that are producing content uh, and and providing free training uh, and different insights uh, because you know I'm learning something new every day from from my peers uh, from our our junior and senior researchers uh, you know they, no one is ever going to know everything in this industry uh, and, and there's just always something to learn. That's some excellent advice. Appreciate that. Um, let me ask you. You know we're going to wrap this up here, but. What else would you like to share about Risk IQ, and you know what what what's going to be happening in the next six months? Uh, what can we expect? Uh, yeah, we're uh, you know we're we're actively you know kind of trying to figure out how we fit into the broader Microsoft ecosystem. Uh, in the near term, uh, we we have all of our uh, our capabilities available uh, inside of Azure Sentinel uh, via a playbook uh, that integrates our data and enrichment. Uh, from a threat uh, intelligence perspective and, and from some of our attack service management capability into that environment. Uh, so we're already kind of starting that, uh, you know, that, that, uh, that better together strategy uh, via their, uh, their integration applications. Uh, so if you're interested uh, and if you are an Azure user, that's a great place to start to understand what Risk IQ can do to help. Um, we also have a community portal. Uh, so we allow anybody come to come to community.riskiq.com. Uh, and register for a free account. Uh, that gets you access to our open source intelligence uh, extraction uh, that I previously mentioned, uh, to some of our unique research that our, that our analysts are putting out, uh, and access to the data um, uh, to, to start your investigations and interact with, with the capability that RiskIQ brings. Um, additionally, we have a, a free 30-day trial inside of that account of our Illuminate platform, uh, which is this lightweight attack service management capability uh, that helps organizations uh, very quickly understand their attack service uh, and understand some priority areas that they can focus on to ensure, uh, you know, that they're they're starting to start down this journey to manage their attack service. Uh, so all of those resources are are available to, uh, you know, to to anyone who wants to come and sign up and register for an account uh, and, and both start a trial uh, and just interact with our data. Uh, and even if you don't, you know, uh, want to, you know, purchase our services, that community portal exists. Uh, for uh, for anybody to come and use. Excellent. Thank you so much. Um, I've enjoyed talking with you, learning about Risk IQ, and um, and and listening to your kind of takes on the threat landscape and what's going on in the industry. Um, wish you the best remainder of 2021, and hope to actually meet at an event in person sometime soon. 
That would be that would be really nice. I've really enjoyed the conversation today. So thank you so much for for having me on. Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance.